The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll and the home of Duff McKagan's joke of the week. Here we go. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you from uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, hope you're doing well. You know, uh, yesterday I spotted an uh, albino Dalmatian. It was the least I could do. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Yeah, I like that one. Did you get it? I spotted an albino Dalmatian. It was the least I could do. Think about it. <laughs> Duff always doing great to uh, be on time calling in jokes every single week no matter where he's from or what he's doing thank you to Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan and thanks to Joey Ryan uh, and his magical dick for making everyone laugh this year as well actually uh, very controversial both in the ring and out a lot of people uh, on social media not happy that I'm having Joey Ryan on Talk is Jericho today, and others are ecstatic that I'm, that I'm having him on. But guess what? It's my show. I can have on whoever I want. I'm nonpartisan here. Uh, if you think Joey's controversial, then check out this interview. If you think he's very entertaining, then check out this interview. And if you think neither and don't like it, then skip to the next one. That's all I got to say about that. But Joey's going to tell us all about how he became the king of dong style. He's also talking about his WWE tryout, why it didn't work out. Uh, the intergender matches he was doing with Candice LeRae before she signed with NXT uh, and his current role with PWG. Let's go with Joey Ryan, the controversial Joey Ryan, king of dong style, getting started right now on Talk is Jericho. So in doing this, this job for so many years, it's rare those people haven't met. Now, I'm not sure. Have we met before? Um, I think a, a couple times when I was an extra at WWE, but I'm sure you see a lot of extras. So. Yeah, because I think that... Uh, but not uh, officially. I think there was there one time when, like, you and Matt were extras or something like that, or, like... You've been, from the Young Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was... I mean, I, a couple times I was Young Bucks, with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. But even... I mean, I'm, I started doing stuff in, like, 2005 for them, mm-hmm. so... And, you know, I became friends with Dreamer. I know... I think I met you one time with when I was sitting with, with Dreamer... Um, but yeah, I mean, those are obviously things I remember because I was a fan of yours. So. Well, that's well, that's what I was asking. So, like I said, like, this is actually really cool. So, basically, the first time ever that Joey Ryan and Jericho meet yeah. is here on the air. Yeah, which is uh, cool because I've had other times before. Like I had Jeff Cobb on the other day, and yeah. I met him for the first time in my hotel room. <laughs> so a little bit more uh, of an awkward situation. Right. But this is really cool because there's when you hear uh, and follow kind of what's going on with you know wrestling outside of WWE, for example. The name Joey Ryan comes up all the time, especially over the last 
few years, so many things that we can talk about. But one of the big things, and this is is, is what you're going to be doing today, is, is is bar wrestling. And this is your thing, right? Yeah. You know, um, so I, I wrestle for uh, DDT Pro in Japan, and they have a lot of um, promotions under their umbrella. And I did a show for them called Tavern Wrestling out there. And, you know, the Japanese audience is a lot more reserved. They're a lot more, I guess, quote-unquote respectful. You know, they're... They, but this was like a party with a wrestling ring and it was the cheap tickets, cheap alcohol. And it was wrestling in front of drunk Japanese fans who were screaming and hollering like, you know, like we're used to over here in America. Mm. And it was just such a cool feeling. It was my favorite show I did over there because it was so different and it, it felt more the most like home there. And so I just kind of uh, borrowed that idea. I guess, <laughs> you know, standing was it up, in a bar. It was at a, in well, a tavern. Yeah, it was a tavern. Yeah. Right. And it was, uh, yeah, and it was, you know, just standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, I took that idea and brought it home. Um, and it was kind of cool because, you know, I started PWG with five other guys. You started PWG? There was five. There's six of us that we did. Really? Yeah. In 2003, we started it. And who are some of the other guys that were involved? So in that? Super Dragon, Excalibur, Scott Lost, Disco Machine, me, and Top Gun Tower. Who's who's the, for, who's Super Dragon? Super Dragon. He. Um, well, him and Excalibur are the ones who are running it now. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has kind of gone their separate ways. Uh, Super Dragon, uh, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but, you know, um, early 2000s, mid-2000s, he was very... Um, I've heard that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very, like, um, influential. He was one of the first bigger indie names to pop up, you know. Gotcha. So you guys are a bunch of SoCal guys. Yeah. And what was your concept for PWG? Because PWG just became, once again, another one of those companies you hear so much about. Yeah. But so kind of under the radar, and that's the way... You guys, they wanted it to be. Yeah, PWG definitely is supposed to be more more of a punk rock vibe. Mm. But yeah, no, it was so six of us were, because there was a lot of stuff going on in Southern California in the early 2000s, like XPW, and then there's another promotion called Epic Pro Wrestling that popped up. And they were like these big, you know, money promotions that had promoters who didn't really know what they were doing. And they would, you know, they would hire all these yes men and get sucked dry of their money for two or three shows in and be done because, you know, that's the way wrestling a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of wrestlers are they they're they're very opportunistic right um so we just kind of got tired of dealing with the the people who didn't really know the industry and and granted we were only about I was only 3 years into the industry at that time so I didn't really know anything but I thought I did I thought you know I I know I know wrestlers I know wrestling I don't you know we don't need a the promoter innocence of youth right I, we don't need a promoter you know we don't need a promoter so we just decided to run our own show and we brought AJ Styles out for it it was I think it was the first time he was in um, Southern California, maybe ever, or at least a very long time, um, for the debut show, and it was just it, you know caught on, and it, enough people bought tickets and bought the the VHS copy of the the <laughs> How show. Did you guys get money to even afford AJ between your own selves? Um, yeah, we just we all we all pitched in. The six of us all pitched in. I not, I think maybe five or six hundred dollars each. We got a cheap venue, cheap ring. Most of it went to AJ. Um, I mean, AJ obviously wasn't commanding the kind of money he is, mm-hmm. he is nowadays. But if you're paying him a thousand bucks or right, whatever, right, fifteen hundred bucks, yeah, yeah, half your budget, right, yeah. right. And, you know, everything. You know, a lot of it was just a lot of other SoCal guys. So I think AJ was the only flight that we purchased at the, at the time. So um, you know, it was just something that we thought you know we we could do. And you know, actually, that's not true. I think M Dog Matt Cross was on that show too. So uh, still very minimal expense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, yeah, and we just ran one show, and it was successful enough to run another and another and another, and then it just became a thing, and it was like kind of lightning in a bottle kind of deal. Um, but as the years went on, you know, you know, a few of us dropped out, stopped wrestling, you know, went our own our own ways, and uh, you know, I just decided that I wanted to kind of do something on my own. You know, I wanted to try my own ideas and not really have to, 
you know, I'm I've, obviously I'm more character driven. I'm more maybe comedy based too than than the PWG brand. So I wanted to bring some of my ideas to light that I didn't really have the opportunity to with PWG. So that's why I started bar wrestling, um, which essentially. Uh, you know, like the show in Japan I did, I hope feels like a party. Oh, by the way, there's wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the idea what, behind what, it. What was, uh, just to go back to PWG, when did you stop being involved with PWG? Um, I, when I when I got signed to TNA and I was exclusive there, that was back uh, in 2011, gotcha. I want to say. Because um, back then TNA guys couldn't work the indies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I left the promotion because I had to. Um and then I did. I was in TNA for thirteen months, which mm. is which is a funny story too. Okay. It cool. One of those. Well, it was one of those things where like, you know, they signed me for a year with a year option, and then you know when my year was up, they sent me a FedEx saying, "Hey, we're going to pick up your option." And then a month later, they called and fired me. Um, <laughs> so thirteen months. We're picking up the option to fire you. Yeah. So thirteen <laughs> months. Uh, uh, I was in TNA, and then when I came back to the Indies, I, I started doing PWG again, but I had. I didn't come back to doing any office duties, you know, like, because I, I was, you know, part of the machine before, and then I left for a year, and they, you know, different people picked up the different jobs, and it was running smoothly and growing still, so I just came back as talent at that point, and then, um, I guess that would have been, what, 2013 when I came back, and then um, probably... 2015, maybe 2016 was my last show. I guess what my I question is, is, is when you mentioned PWG became a thing, what was it that made it a thing? Because like I said, it was to this point still, but when it was in that theater, is it Reseda? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Reseda came, I think, around 2006. So about three years in, we started doing Reseda shows. But uh, but you're selling out like in five minutes. Yeah, not, not back then. Not back okay. then. If you look at some of the videos there, it's it's pretty empty. The room's pretty empty. Um. You know, I, 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 I've done PWG shows in front of 70 fans, mm-hmm. you know, back then. I guess what made it become the thing where it was yeah. selling out so fast? Um, I guess maybe just, uh, I mean, maybe because places like Ring of Honor didn't travel out west, so it was kind of like the West Coast Ring of mm-hmm. Honor. Um, it was just, you know, and, and also because I think Southern California, Southern California specifically is kind of an island on its own. So it's, uh, so it, um, um, The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Like, no one really paid attention. So you could use these uh, guys that were under Evolve contracts because Evolve didn't care, and you could use these guys under TNA contracts and Ring of Honor. You could have all these dream matches that would only take place there mm. because, uh, you know, it, obviously, you know, Evolve and Ring of Honor aren't working together to or letting talent work each other in New York because that's both their territory. Right. But Southern California is so far away from everything that, you know, you could have TNA guys, um, you know, which at, at that point, they, uh, like, AJ and... and 
Daniels and stuff, they you could book them through TNA. Mm. So, um, and because it was West Coast where they didn't really go to, yeah, and not on TV, right, right, say, right? yeah. So, the, so a lot of a lot of stuff got under the radar then, um, which was creating these dream matches and moments. And then, I mean, I think it's just the the whole you know boom of social media and stuff and the footage being available faster. You know, mm. um, I think that helped a lot too because. You know, when I first started wrestling or getting into wrestling, you know, if I wanted to see a show that an independent show that took place in New York, I'd have to, the show would have to happen. I'd have to wait for, you know, RF video to put it on their mm-hmm. website. Well, probably not even website, their little zines that they would mail out. Right. And then I'd have to order it and probably get a third generation copy of it, you know, and then I'd, I'd watch it six months after it happened. But, you know, when Did social- you used to do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you grew up a big fan? Yeah. Uh, you know, I obviously, I grew up in LA, so we didn't really get much WCW. Um, our NWA here, we were so we're, you know very WWF you know centric. And then when I started learning about all that other all these other wrestling, I wanted to get you know tapes and and see how the bigger scene. I remember we did one show for WCW in LA at the Forum. I think I was I was there. Were you there? I was there. Yeah. They call it like the WCW Live Saturday Night or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I uh, yeah I was there wearing probably um, some WWF shirt. Person WCW fans because you know there was the there was the divide. You You're know? the loyalist, right? You, you and there to, really was the divide. You, you had, had to, to pick, it's like you had to choose sides. Stones. You had to choose your side, right? Yeah, you definitely had to choose your sides. There was no there's no crossover. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, and obviously growing up in LA, I was a WWF guy. Because um, you would get it so all the time. I mean, it's what it's my childhood. You know, yeah. I don't. You know, my emotional connection was with Hulk Hogan, not Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm the same. Yeah. I grew up in Winnipeg in Canada, where there was no. NWA or WCW back then. Yeah. It was all, you know, AWA switching to WWF for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just what you grow up knowing, mm-hmm. your environment, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. And then probably around high school age, I kind of started to, uh, maybe junior high age, I started to kind of like be too cool for wrestling a little bit, you know, like I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm into other stuff now. And mm-hmm. then uh, my older brother actually introduced me to ECW, which kind of brought me back into wrestling because that was the cool, like edgy, like, oh, this is for adults. You know, mm-hmm. I can, I can watch this and feel cool. I'm not watching, you know, trash men or hockey players. No offense <laughs> to those wrestlers. No, but that is the truth though. Even working there, there was so much more of a, of a, of a, a vigilante vibe to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, and, that, and so ECW brought me back into it, and you know, I remember going to the ECW show in in LA too, one that they did at the uh, Grand Olympic, I think. Oh maybe. yeah, they did one Olympic, yeah. I think it was the Grand Olympic. I can't remember exactly. Um, you know, CT is a <laughs> terrible thing. <laughs> we um, all got it, brother. Uh, uh, so yeah, no, I and, yeah, so I, I mean, brought me back into it, and then obviously the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars became cool and a thing, and you could wear your wrestling shirts to, to school and be proud of it, mm-hmm. and. And so, you know, and then, and then I guess after, after I got graduated high school and was going to college with real, no, no real direction is when I decided to get into independent wrestling or at least train at a school. Who'd you train with? Uh, Jesse Hernandez, who yeah, I believe yeah. you're familiar with. Yeah, it's funny. I met Jesse, he, he was, uh, he trained a guy called Mike Lazansky. Yeah. And we went there, I think worked out one day. And of course, years later, it's like, trained by Jesse Hernandez, Chris Jericho. Yeah. It's like. Not really. I, I I remember like obviously they're gonna they're gonna build it. I remember when I first went there, they like I think they they didn't say they didn't they weren't pushing that they trained you, but they got you ready to go to Mexico or something because you know they have the lucha <laughs> one influence. afternoon of workouts. Yeah. I guess that counts. That got you ready to go to Mexico and <laughs> yeah. become a star in '91. Uh, but I mean that was a big selling point to it. You know, I mean, coming hey, not, I was actually you yeah. know, Chris Jericho trained here. They 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 definitely were good about getting pictures of the guys that yeah, were yeah, yeah. you know like it was Jester Nanas and Billy Anderson. Bill Anderson, yeah. Uh, they were both together when I first started, but they shortly split after. Mm. 
and I stayed with Jesse and. and What's Jesse doing now? You ever see him around? Yeah, he's doing the ring for the shows for Bar Wrestling. Oh, nice. He's, he's, he still runs the EWF. He, oh, that's cool. Uh, and I rent, the, I rent the ring and his sound system for uh, for these Bar Wrestling shows. Good, good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a real, real good guy. I was going to say about PWG, and I was going to ask your opinion on this, because yeah. there's the two big revenue streams for the company. Yeah. You mentioned the VHS tapes leading to the Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, just like the fact you could have all these dream matches that you yeah. couldn't have anywhere else. Now... I don't know. They probably, I'm assuming, don't sell a lot of DVDs anymore. No, DVDs, it's mostly streaming Done, and stuff. Right? Yeah. And then I was going to ask you this. Were they signing so many people now, Ring of Honor signing, and obviously AEW and WWE signing anybody they can get their hands on? Is that going to affect a company like PWG or even bar wrestling when there's less people out there that you can bring in to have these matches? It could, in, in theory. Um, the Young Bucks were able to get ring of honor to okay them doing pwg right and so and so and then other ring of honor guys were like hey why do they get to do it not us so yeah, you can work you can so only now, work ring of honor except for pwg pwg right, is yeah. the only one in in the states mm. um you know because they don't travel to, to california right. um so they got that okay now that's an every ring of honor deal so pwg you know oh, is it yeah i think okay. i think it's part of the deal that they all have is that you know the one west coast promotion you can work mm-hmm. um but yeah no the exclusive is i mean but i think i feel like wrestling just rolls with the punches and it like you know you take you take all these guys off the market and it gives opportunity for new guys to step up right. and become stars and you know it, you know I'm, I'm you know obviously just pulling examples out of my head but you know WWE signs an Adam Cole and pulls him off the market and then all of a sudden MJF is here to step up you know and you know maybe the opportunities aren't as prevalent if Adam Cole still taking all the sure, independent well, bookings business, right? yeah, yeah you know I mean there's a lot of talented guys out there who just need opportunity and I think and you know, so far it's it's been it's been okay. I mean, people promotions have bounced back and found guys and and filled the voids. Um, I mean, it's definitely a hit, you know, because those guys are established stars. So, mm-hmm. but I think you know, I think it's it's not the end of the world. It's not doomsday for independent wrestling. So, when you started bar wrestling, where was like what was you mentioned? You wanted to do this tavern wrestling saw in Japan. So, what was your first show? Uh, the first show. Who did I bring in for the first show? Um, I'm trying to even remember. Yeah, I just used like I used Jeff Cobb, Willie Mack, Brian Cage, a lot of guys I knew from California. Uh, I did bring in Matt Cross again. Um, Eva Lee, I brought out for the first show. Candice, Candice wasn't signed with Candice Lerae wasn't signed with NXT yet, and her and I were doing like a team. We're an intergender yeah. team, yeah. So, uh, which is so rare that you were an intergender team, but you weren't. I just assumed you guys were dating. Yeah, most yeah that's always did. the way it goes, most, right? And, you know what I think? A lot of times, though, like because like when we were first establishing. Being a team, um, it were, there wasn't really too many intergender teams going around. I'm not, I'm not saying that we, you know, brought the fad to sure, wrestling, sure, sure. but um, you know, we did we did a few things like we started a YouTube show together because we wanted people to start branding us together as a team. It was really supposed to be a one off, but then we got T-shirts made and matching gear made, and we just kind of ran with it because um, we wanted people to start thinking well, one of us with the other and try to push this idea that an intergender te- team could be a team that could travel and wrestle guys, wrestle girls, do whatever. Um, so. You know, there was a lot of speculation. We didn't, we never really clarified. We didn't, you know, we, we weren't together, but did, for the idea of branding us together, we didn't, we let people speculate and mm-hmm. we didn't like, you know, so there was, there was a lot of speculation. So I think still to this day there is, even though she's right. clearly married to Johnny Gargano, right, right, you know, right, right, like, right, right. I think there's a lot of speculation there still, but um, yeah, no, we just kind of let it, let, let the, uh, let people think what they wanted to. We just, we've been best friends for, you know, mm-hmm. gosh, almost 15 years now. So just kind of a thing where, um, you know, we just decided we want to wrestle together. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about you wanted to bring some some of the comedy elements to it, and that's a part of, of the bar wrestling style as well. Yeah. Like even tonight, 
it's called Three's Company. Three's Company. Trio's Tournament. Trio's Tournament, but named Three's Company yeah. with the lettering and yeah. a lot of the stuff. I mean, obviously, that's a lot of your personality. Don't get me there. sued. Don't get me sued by th- <laughs> whoever owns Three's Company. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be listening to this. They'll okay. be okay. Okay. Uh, Norman Lear, if you're listening, yeah. uh, don't sue us. Um, but what, what are some of the other things that you've done in there that, that are different from what you might see on a normal show? I guess, I mean, I don't, there's no championships. Um, there's no storylines. Um, mm. I try to make wins and losses as minimal value as possible, which <laughs> which maybe doesn't work when you're trying to, you know, run a serious promotion. But I just want, like, I want people to be go and have a drink and not have to worry about, uh, you know, oh, what happened last show between these two? Right, oh, is, right, there, right. is there heat here? Well, that they, makes sense. Feuding? I just want people to, like, let their guard down, have a drink, not have to think. Mm-hmm. Just watch wrestling. And um, so the matches themselves are standalone. There's no... Re- I mean, there might be a storyline for the night, like when we, um, when we had... Macaulay Culkin do some stuff with us. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we had a you know Hornswoggle come out as the disgruntled elf and like I hate Christmas. It was a Christmas time show. I hate Christmas. I hate oh look we got Kevin McAllister here. I hate your movie. Blah blah blah. So he started like so the theme of the night was like he he came in with like a group of the heels who were trying to steal Christmas. We had decorations up. They tore down all the decorations. <laughs> so the whole night was like the the. The people trying to steal Christmas against the people that were, I think you maybe Solo Darling used to think she was on that show. Um, So we, you know, and then at the, during the main event, we had, uh, you know, uh, Hornswoggle and, um, you know, uh, Peter Avalon and Ray Rose. This is like the heels and then me and Candace and uh, Dick Justice, who was playing Santa Claus as the babies. And, you know, the refs went down and weapons came out and then Macaulay Culkin, you know, rolled marbles in the ring and the heels did the big slip. (laughs) Then he climbed up on the top rope and swung a bucket down and hit his horn swoggle. And he did all his Home Alone tricks. Where did you have a bucket hanging from the rafters? Uh, no, we actually, we did, I put Candace on my shoulders and she held like the string and then was, was connected to it. And then he just swung it down. He got, he got up on the top rope and just swung. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It down at Hornswoggle. That's great. It beat the Wet Bandits. Why yeah. couldn't it beat Hornswoggle? Right. So, you know, there, so there was a storyline for that night specifically, but from show to show, there's typically not. And like I said, there's no champions. There's no rankings. There's no real value behind winning. It's just, you know, go have a good time. It's a standalone show where you want people to come and hang out for a couple hours and have some drinks and, and have some laughs and go yeah. home. Yeah. I want to take advantage of an intoxicated audience. Yeah. <laughs> the more you drink, the better you uh, yeah. the better the show is. Yeah, don't think, just drink. <laughs> <laughs> so how many shows do you do you do? Is it a monthly thing or uh, it started out as a monthly thing and then so I was running these shows in Baldwin Park, which is about eighteen miles east of LA, um, because it was venue was cheap and you know, they had two bars in the venue and they loved it and they were they they eventually, you know, because they were making so much money on the bar now, they loved having us. So we we're doing monthly shows there. Um, and then these places in LA 
started um, seeing like, oh, you can draw because we. Oh, the other thing is, I run Thursday nights because I don't want to take work away from myself because I'm you usually work on the weekend. I'm usually booked every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I don't right. want to have to turn down a booking to to work my own show. So I started doing. So I just said, oh, let's try Thursdays, and Thursdays were a hit. Um, especially, you know, in LA, nobody, you know, everyone. Well, there's nothing going on really on a Thursday night. Right. right? Nobody, yeah. and nobody, you know, and nobody has real jobs, you know, to get up <laughs> for. No college kid takes a Friday class. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, so, but these LA venues started saying like, oh, you can draw on a weeknight, you know. So they started hitting me up and they were like, hey, can you bring that show to us? Um, so I've now, I've, I've run in three different venues. Um, last year I had, tw- I did 20 shows in, in over the year. This year I'll probably do a little, maybe a little bit more. So probably twice a month. Some sometimes last last year I ran three times in a month, which got a little bit hectic. But it's just Wednesdays and Thursdays, and it's just uh, you know, as long as it's going well, I'll keep doing it because I I usually only use my friends too, so it's not like I'm well, dealing with drama. I'm trying to look up right now um, the actual name of names of the teams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight, uh, but I can't. Oh, maybe I'll look up SoCal Uncensored. Oh yeah, there you go. You can find who the actual three, website. Yeah, the actual threes company. Uh, <laughs> trios that will be involved so these are mostly like you said just most of your friends yeah you know because i don't want to deal with drama i don't want to deal with like you know being held up or being like i don't want to deal with like people who need to be like if if i have to let have to if have someone sit at the airport for an hour because i can't get them a ride i don't want them to be like calling and screaming i'll be like i try to be like hey you're gonna be at the airport for the next hour so, yeah, yeah, sorry with it, right. sorry <laughs> you know right. so like everyone i book is a friend of mine or, or close somebody you know that that won't cause me too much drama, and you know I think that's helping me run these shows because if I had if it was a headache every time I did it, I wouldn't want to do it. Because that's the thing, like, like, and we'll get to the names because there's some great names here. But for me, like, even with with the cruise that I do, we did one, and now we're doing another one. The last thing I ever wanted to be was a promoter, and having to deal with well, this guy wants this, and that guy wants this cab, and this guy refused to do this. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, but you can't do that. You have to be okay. Calm down. What would you like, sir? Let's let's make this work. Where it's hard to do. And yeah. now that's did you is this something you ever wanted to be a promoter or? Um, I mean, I got like I said, I got a taste of it pretty early with PWG stuff. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh, you know, being solely in charge is, is a different animal. And I find the hardest thing is that everybody wants to work. So and there's only so many spots. Right. So you can't tell somebody like, "Hey, I just don't have a spot." Without it sounding like, "Hey, I don't think you're good enough," mm-hmm. you know. So like, I, it's 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 hard telling people that they they can't be the, on the shows or like or you know give me some time to fit you in eventually or or whatever whatever it is. That's the hardest part is telling people no when they want to work. Right, right, right. And then trying to tell them that I'm going to pay you this. Come on, you're the promoter. Yeah, hey, you make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily the truth. Uh, so are you coming up with all these names that we got here? Um, yeah, I think I named most of them. I, I, get, I let some of the teams name themselves, like, when I couldn't think of something. But um, Well, obviously, SCU. I like Body Guys. Body Guys, That's yeah. Brian Cage. I drank Ryan Taylor. That's an old-school wrestling term for he's a body guy. Like he's a he's body guy, a muscle yeah. head. Yeah. Right? I remember yeah. Scott Holmes, like, I'm glad I was never a body guy. It doesn't matter when I get fat and old. <laughs> Dances with Wolves. Yeah, it's uh, Taya Valkyrie and Chris Wolf and PJ Black, who's the Darewolf. The Darewolf, very good. So, are you putting together these teams, trying uh, to find a common bond? Yeah, and then and so you don't have all these people booked and then finding the teams. You're mm, yeah, putting, kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm a few of them are, are regulars, but right. Uh, so when you're thinking dance with wolves, that'd be I need three wolves. Yeah, right. Who can I get here? Uh, the handicapped superheroes. That's uh, Zach Gowan only has one leg. I know that. It was Gregory Iron. Uh, Gregory Iron is what he has Bell's palsy. 
that what he? Yeah, his best oh, palsy. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. I was um, just saying, what is Joey, Joey Ryan? Uh, I mean, I'm a superhero. You know, I have a superpower, okay. obviously. And we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah we want to hear about that. Uh, yeah. Hard eyes emoji. That's a good name. Yeah, Jake Atlas, Ray Rojas, and Heather Monroe. Yeah. High risk wrestling? Are they the uh, high flyers? Um, they are, and that's also a nod to the Young Bucks promotion that they had when they first started. They they called it high risk wrestling oh, out right in on. Victorville, and uh, Brandon Cutler was uh, who's on that team. Was he's one he's one of their boys. Uh, he's he's I think he's just got announced for AEW too for Double or Nothing. Yeah, Brandon Cutler. Yeah. He, oh, okay. That's yeah. right. He's going to be in the over yeah, budget. He's, he's one. He's one of the. Uh, He's one of the the Bucks old buddies that used to wrestle it's so high funny wrestling. Because there's so many similarities between the Hardys and the Hardy brothers, Hardy boys, and and the Bucks. Yeah, I don't both, think that's an accident, but yeah, uh, you're right, exactly. <laughs> both had their own promotions yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and here's uh, here's yours, Solo Land of the Lost, Land, yeah. Luchasaurus, which is the best name, Jungle Boy, and Solo Darling. Are you prehistoric as well, or? But I've been a creature for my Yeah, they're, they're okay. all creatures. Then Jungle Boy. Do you, are you familiar with Jungle Boy? He's yes. Luke, Luke Perry's yeah. son. He's, yeah. he's he's also an AEW. Yeah, oh, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. How, 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 and Luchasaurus. I actually uh, follow him on Instagram because I love the idea yeah. of yeah. the Luchasaurus. So, so, so you guys are kind of these creatures yeah. out there. Look out, uh, people, tonight. The real deals. D'Lo Brown, Andy Brown, and Willie Mack. <laughs> Looking at the real deals Common now. Common there. Yeah. Sex and Violence, Killer Cross, Scarlet, and Ricky Shane Page. What does Ricky fit in with Scarlet and uh, Killer? Ricky's a uh, he's best known for his deathmatch stuff. He, he he's not pigeonholed in that environment, but he's he's not afraid to do it. He's, he's like the violence. He's kind of like he's kind of like a, a, a Jimmy Havoc, I guess. I okay, gotcha. Yeah. Known for that stuff. Yeah, the Carnies. Carnies. Carrie Awful, Nick Iggy, and Trip Cassidy. Yeah, they're based out of Nashville. <laughs> um, you know they they. They're, they're, I mean, they're they're getting buzz in the Indies yeah. a little bit, yeah. So I, I brought them out once time before, and uh, you know I just thought I brought them back because they're you know there's three of them, so it works for the trio. Perfect for the trio for Three's Company. Uh, I like the name Nick Iggy because <laughs> he's in the Carnies as well. Two Butchers and the Blade. Wow, that sounds dangerous. Tyler Bateman, Pepper Parks, and Andy Williams. Yeah, uh, Pepper Parks was uh, Braxton Sutter in TNA for a little bit. Yeah, uh, Pepper and- Parks sounds like a stripper that I used to date. <laughs> right. Uh, in the early 90s. Uh, Andy Williams is from the band Every Time I Die. Oh, really? Yeah. I've heard about him. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he does wrestling. And, oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about him. That's, that's awesome. And then the Watts Nest Monsters. Yeah, that was probably the least creative name because it's just Watts and the Rock Nest Monsters. <laughs> but they named it. To, to be fair, they they, they came up with that one. Because there's a guy just called Watts. Watts. Yeah, it's his, it's his last name. But yeah. yeah. He's actually, his, his real name is Eric Watts, but he doesn't go by that because it's probably of... Probably for the best. Right, right. I know him. He was, uh, was he in one of the Tough Enough? He, he was a Tough Enough, yeah. All right, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, the point being very creative, sounds just reading those names for tonight's show sounds like a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, so it is it fun, fun for you to sit down? Or are you booking it like like putting the graph down in the grid and these guys are working these guys and those guys are working these guys? And uh, I'm, actually, it's like, I'm actually very lazy about it. So yeah. I just like, you know, kind, kind of come up with it at the last, not last minute, but I, I put it together and, and just decided, I kind of book backwards what I want the finals to be and then go backwards from there. Someone's got to crack the whip, man. You yeah. got to be the boss. I know, I know. I actually, <laughs> in, probably, in, in probably the worst idea I've ever had for a tournament, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if I had if the show opened with the winners celebrating in the ring, being held on each other's shoulders, just big parade, and then all of a sudden you hear a record skip, oh. and and everyone stops, and then one of the one of the people's in the in the trio's voice comes on the PA says, "I bet you're wondering how I got here." And then we, dude, we just and then we, and then we just start the tournament for the dude. I think that's a great so, idea. So we give away the finish, and then we just show how they they won. 
I think that's a great idea. I, I love that. It's like that one Seinfeld that you don't know it's going backwards. It's, you see Kramer's got the giant, yeah. the, the little bit of a lollipop. And as yeah. the show goes on, the lollipop gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you realize at the end it was reversed. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, I should, I should have thought. I think we should. If it's yeah. bar wrestling. <laughs> right, right. It, wasn't, there was, wasn't there a thing out here for a while? Like, is it Lucha Vavum? I, Lucha Vavum. I did those shows last week. Oh, they're still, they're still they're thing. kind of the same vibe. Like, just complete wacky. And, yeah. They're, they're more of a variety show. Actually... Uh, Cody Rhodes calls them the best, the best kept secret in wrestling because mm. the shows are so fun. They draw huge numbers. They draw you know two thousand people. Right. Um, they sell at the Mayan Theater in downtown LA, and, and they've been running the Mayan for years. For right? years, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. Might even went there that weekend. I was here for that WCW show back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, because I mean they've been they've been around so long. a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they it's a variety act. Those burlesque dancing, it's wrestling, it's gotcha. comedians. Because the Symbody has that too. The freak show wrestling. Freak show wrestling. That's yeah. kind of another one where it's got like a. The ghost of Michael Jackson versus yeah. the ghost of Whitney Houston yeah. and those type of things, uh, right? That's he he does more I've done a couple of those shows. He does more where he, he books wrestlers and then gives them I guess Brian Kendrick kinda does that too a little gotcha. bit. Oh, where he books books wrestlers and then gives them personas that he comes up with in his gotcha. crazy twisted mind. <laughs> yeah. So um you mentioned earlier, and it's funny because I see you with a beard now. It's like before you were you had the stash. Like the, the it comes porn. and goes. Comes and goes. It comes and goes. How did the whole Joey Ryan porn star game. Well, let me go back a bit further. You mentioned that I met you a couple times at WWE tryouts. Never got a, a gig. Uh, just never had any. They never had any interest, or were you told anything? Or so. I mean, I guess when I was doing extra stuff back then, um, I mean, I, I guess never really came close. Jamie Noble told me once that, like, when he he said he said when you're our size, you have to be perfect. Hmm. So meaning that like, you know, you get a, if you're a giant six foot five football player, you get a little leeway. But, right. They'll they'll give those guys way more tries than yeah. the guys our size. So, sure. you know, if if but one of my favorite dark matches, or I guess it was a velocity match I had with Sylvain Grenier because hmm. it was in LA and people in LA know me and like hmm. so I'm, I'm I'm you know doing this match and he's he's putting heat on me, he's got me a chin lock and the crowd starts chanting Joey. And I'm just like this unsigned extra guy. <laughs> and in my head I'm like Oh, this is amazing. Like, how can they? This is awesome. This, this crowd doesn't undeniable. know me. Yeah. Uh, Josh Matthews puts it over on commentary. This crowd is behind Joey Ryan. And, you know, I mean, I'm so pumped. And I walk to the back through gorilla, gorilla position. And I don't know if they did this on purpose to screw with me or literally nobody watched it. There was nobody at Gorilla watching this match. Not even Ricky Stebo, who agented it. Oh. No, nobody was watching this match. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, uh. <laughs> you guys are going to watch the TV? Yeah, Come on, guys. Right. I'm sure they all sat down and watched Velocity together. <laughs> but yeah. Linda, it's dinner time. Velocity's on. Um, I guess the closest I ever came was probably after I left TNA. Um, when You said you got fired. Well, I got, yeah, after I got they fired. They let you go TNA. or they fired you? They fired me. Well, I guess they let me go. Well, I guess that's the same you thing, get, isn't it? Well, fired to mean you got in trouble for something. No, I didn't get in okay. trouble. Uh, it was they. I was told it was budget cuts because so they were filming. They were doing Orlando every week, and um, Bischoff decided that it would. They wanted to take the show on the road um, and run different arenas, and the arenas weren't drawing well mm -hmm. at all, and they were just like bleeding money. Mm -hmm. And at the at at that time, they didn't resign RVD. They didn't resign Matt Morgan. They let me and like Taylor Hendricks and a bunch of uh, Christian York, a bunch of us. Go because they were bleeding gotcha. money, and my, I mean, I, I, to this day, I was, I always, I'm always like, so like TNA wasn't doing great, and nothing, and Sting is an amazing guy and so cool, and watched my matches and gave me input when he didn't have to, and I, and I want to put over how much I love Sting, but when I think about what they were paying Sting 
to not draw to <laughs> to like and like five hundred grand a year, right? Or something, like or, yeah. Nigel McGinnis once said, it was like a it was like a, a starving family deciding to cut baked beans out of the diet and but keep eating filet mignon, <laughs> you know, like. But it's uh, a great one, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but so, I, so that kind of derailed you. From yeah, there. they kind of they let me go. Um, and I, I guess if you want me to complete the story with how it transitioned to almost a WWE job, um, I literally was let go in July of 2013. That month, I was invited to to be an extra at WWE, uh, and Regal liked me and. Road Dog liked me, and Regal called me, and he said, "Hey, or no, no, he, no, he, I think he had somebody call me. Uh, they said we have a tryout in August because at this point in 2013, everybody's going to the performance center mm-hmm. to do these tryouts. It's the only way to get signed. Right. Uh, we have the tryout, this tryout in August, and uh, or, or we have one in December, and you can you can go to either one, but Mr. Regal would like you to go to the August one." So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sign me for the August one. So I thought I was like, this expedited, like, they really want me. Fast track, yeah. Fast track. And then uh, I go and uh, do the tryout, and for whatever reason, and I've heard some things since then, but for whatever reason, uh, Bill DeMont doesn't like me at this mm-hmm. tryout, and he kind of puts the kibosh on them signing me, which actually got me pretty depressed and, like, wanting to quit wrestling um, for a little while. But well, you come so close, right? Yeah, it's like... Yeah. It, it came so close, and I thought, here's my opportunity, and, like, Regal likes me, Road Dog likes me, but then, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of similar to, like, when, you know, the Young Bucks didn't get signed because Booker T didn't like them, you know, right. like, right. it's a similar right, story, right, like, right, right, right. it's like you need 10 guys to sign off on you, but if one guy doesn't... It's what the last person in the ear hears. Yeah. Like, great, 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 it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know? So, it's sim- similar, so, you know, that that kind of got me down a little bit, um... You know, and I really all, did almost quit wrestling after that. But so what kept you going? It was it was kind of a, a thing where so I did my tryout. I left. I knew Demond didn't like me. I was already depressed. I went home. I did actually did a PWG show with Drake Younger. If you remember Drake Younger, he's a referee at NXT now. Yeah, under, yeah, yeah. Of course, I know him. Yeah. He's a real infectious personality, yeah, real yeah, happy guy, guy yeah. real positive guy. And I and I wrestled him at PWG, and he was just so energetic and just like, hey, I got this ideas where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pull out Legos and act like they're thumbtacks and like, you know, and we're going to... That shit hurts, fall yeah, Legos, I, Stepping I, I, on a Lego I think, I'd, I think I'd rather do thumbtacks than Legos. <laughs> um, but, you know, he just said... And we were just kind of having fun and it was a really fun match. And and it kind of... I was like, okay, well, you know, if I, if I, if I change my goal, if my goal is no longer WWE, if that's off the table, I'm just going to wrestle for me and have fun with it and do, you know, and just be more open to ideas and not worry if WWE's watching mm. or, or do... Uh, not worry about if... You know, if there's any, you know, reactions, negative reactions, just, I'm going to wrestle for me and have fun. Um, and shortly thereafter is when Candice and I started teaming, which was another thing where I might have been like, oh, uh, WWE shouldn't, I, you know, we're doing these intergender things and WWE's PG now. They're not. It's so one thing that I might have thought not to do. Right, sure. I, I, I said, it turns out it doesn't matter because they still sign Candice, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where I would have. And then it started getting me thinking about wrestling differently because now we're doing this intergender tag teams where you have to, think you you can't just rely on what you've done because you know you're obviously a man and a woman teaming so there's different elements to you have to make it make sense because you you know I, I think the audience is capable of some very deep uh suspension of d- disbelief mm-hmm. but you don't want to straight out insult them i don't want we don't want candace to have to you know do a strike exchange with some 
Right, exactly. You you got to make it make sense. Yes, they're willing to play along with you. Was was the uh, 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 Tessa and Brian Cage match with those bar wrestling matches? No. Well, okay. we did a, we did the rematch of bar wrestling. Yeah, but the so re- first one was Wrestle Circus. Yeah, I watched that match, and, and that's a perfect example. You're not having Tessa punch Cage in the face, or vice versa. Yeah, but you can make a very entertaining match around those. Right, you got to use your momentum that's or speed right. or yeah. You know, yeah. Leverage, mm-hmm. um, and you can make it make sense, and so that now I've got now I've got a whole different creative outlet for wrestling, and I'm thinking about wrestling differently. And Candice and I are gaining a bit of notoriety, a bit of success. We're traveling a lot, and now you know it's got, it's kind of open. It's kind of restarted wrestling for me because now I'm having to think about wrestling in a different manner. And then I still don't really know how, but um, or who recommended me to them. But then DDT Wrestling called me, DDT Pro Wrestling called me in Japan, and they wanted to use me, and I started going to uh, Japan for them. And that's when the uh, the the penis thing com- becomes a thing. I'm, let, let me just do one you, thing before getting to that. It's a very interesting story that you say that because and you guys know you know Steel Panther obviously. The story of Steel Panther is the same as yours. They were rock musicians on the strip for years. Came close. I mean, Ralph was in so many bands. Everything bombed, and they finally just went like, "Screw it. We're just gonna have fun, and that's it. We don't care anymore. We're, we're not gonna ever make it. Or it's very slim." Let's just have fun and do something completely different. And now they're playing arenas. Yeah. Same vibe. When you don't care, that's when you start having fun and fall in love with the business again. And then people, it's like you said, it's infectious. It's it's true. It's so, you know. So you're talking about the DDT, and then let's get yeah. to the story of yeah. Joey Ryan, Dick Wrestler. Right, Dick. You were, famous you were Dick the dead, yeah. famous dead Dick Wrestler for a little while yeah. uh, on BT when I mentioned your name. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm, obviously the character is. Very, my character is very like porn star esque. Yeah. And then there's this uh, wrestler in DDT um, named Dan Shugudino, who is, and the political correct- correctness in DDT and in Japan is a little bit different. Right. He <laughs> he plays he plays a gay character, but he does very much like the I'm going to freak out my opponents by being gay, by being over the top, by being over the top. Like Goldust was in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean. Maybe I'm looking at a glass full, but I think when I'm looking, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, he's so proud of being gay. Like this, how this, I don't see it as a negative, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'm just trying to justify it in my head. (laughs) But you know what I mean? He's very very confidently gay. But also in Japan, it's a different, different attitude towards gay people there than there is here. Sure, sure, sure. So to there would be like, oh, he touched your ass. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it was here in 97. They're, They're 20 years behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he does this thing where he, you know, he wrestles, wrestles, wrestle, and he grabs his opponent by the crotch. And, you know, the opponent, oh, what, why, why are you grab? And then he, like, suplexes them or, mm-hmm. like, dragon screw legs whips them by their penis. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, and so that's kind of his thing there. And we're, we're, we're going to wrestle for the first time. It's, we're on opposite sides of a six-man tag. And, uh, you know, they kind of, they even did, like, press conferences, like, oh, the, you know, the porn star guy is going to wrestle our gay guy, you know, whatever. They, they did this whole big thing. And so we were trying to come up with some ideas for it. And, you know, he pitches to me, and this is me giving him full credit for the idea. Uh, What's his name? Dan Shukudino. Dan Shukudino. I do believe Dan Shukud translates to, to sodomy. Okay. Not, not, not 100%. <laughs> our, our Japanese-speaking fans can clarify that yeah. at Talk is Jericho. And so he suggests, it is broken English, he says, uh, maybe I grab you, but uh, maybe you know sell because American cock is so big and so strong. <laughs> You know, because he's, he's, he's a Japanese guy all the time and he wants to play off the stereotype. And I was like, okay, okay. And then we come up with the idea where, like, I, I, I bump him instead. Mm-hmm. And it's our opening spot of the six-man tag. And it's not, we don't think about it more than that. We go in, you know, blah, 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 blah. He grabs it. I flip him, whatever. We go on, do the rest of the match. And I'm pretty self-critical when I watch myself back. I'm like, oh, this could have looked better. This could have been better. But when I watched that match back, that 
30 second clip made me laugh out loud. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta put this, I gotta cut this 30 seconds out, throw it up on Twitter. Right. And I did. And like, you know, within hours, it was everywhere. It was insane. It was on ESPN. It was on uh, The Soup. It was on all these news sites. It was on Stephen Colbert. It was on, it was literally everywhere. Rolling Stone, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> it was insane how, like, how viral this video went. And, you know, and there's no there's no manual for that. There's no like, oh, what to do when your video goes viral. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to, you know, push in and capitalize on it as much as I can. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a good two or three months out of this before everyone. So which shows was it on, you said? With the DDT Pro ones? Yeah, you said it made. It made it oh, viral. yeah. It was on um, The Soup on E Entertainment. It was on Tosh.0 on Comedy Central. It was on. Um, Highly questionable on ESPN. So what are they showing? Like, look at this. They're showing, they're showing like, yeah, like, oh, look at this happens in Japan. And like, you know, some of them put like a little blur over like where he's grabbing me and stuff. But so you made it on the soup. Yeah, I did make it. You know what's funny on the soup is they had, and I'm going to forget the actors' names, but they recreated it with uh, Putty um, oh, from yeah. Seinfeld. Ha- uh, David Warburton or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Yeah. And um, the Asian guy from The Hangover? Oh, Jung. Yeah, Jung. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they recreated it in on in the studio <laughs> with them. Are too. they saying this is Joey Ryan or is it just nameless guy? Uh, it was, they just showed. Yeah, they just showed gotcha. the video. They just showed still, the video. But still, like you know, he's getting over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, like, and I thought, said, okay, this is awesome. I'm gonna get like three months out of this before everyone's sick of it, and I have to, and then. But it just it's just kept going and going and no pun intended growing and it still is to this day and it, every few months it'll it'll hit like another viral spin where I'll get tagged in it a bunch of times and I don't know who's posting it that's new or whatever and they'll just get this you know and it'll just go crazy and and you know the, one of the biggest things I ever got was like everybody was would say like oh my my family knows I'm a wrestling fan so they sent me this clip of you so it was like you know all these people that were just getting sent this clip and you know and then so like I just try, trying to capitalize on it, I decided, like, I was going to make, like, my penis a weapon. And, you know, I was going to base my entire matches around trying to get somebody to grab it. And, you know, and it just, I mean, it's just funny and it's silly and it's, but it works. And, like, and I think the important thing is as Joey Ryan in the ring, the character wrestling, I, ne- I don't treat it like a joke. I don't treat it like it's comedy. That's the secret. That is the secret. That's the secret. I, I'm very serious about you grabbing yeah. it because I want to hit my move my and win the match. I beat you, right. Right. It's my Stone Cold Stunner or my, mm-hmm. you know, my pedigree or whatever it is. It's I have to hit my move to win the match, so I need you to do it. And so I'm very serious, but I don't. there's no tongue-in-cheek. There's no, like, look at this fake thing I'm doing because mm-hmm. I, in the ring, you know, I don't ever treat it as if it's not real or, you know, fake. And it's and it, it's actually, you know, I think people appreciate it. And like you said, that's the secret is that you got to, you got to, Get people to to believe in it. You're and, you committing know. to it, right? Right, and you know, and it, and it's still like I said, it's still going, and it's still getting me notoriety, and it's everywhere. And it was like, and even on All In, you know, I didn't even I didn't even wrestle a match with Hangman. I just came out and did the flip, and ten thousand people were chanting "Rest in Penis," you know, because I came back from. <laughs> Wait, well, you also didn't just come out. You came out with a bunch of giant <laughs> condoms, giant, giant, giant cocks. Yeah. But that was all storyline based. You know, there right. was, it wasn't, there wasn't no, like... Because the being the elite was that Hangman Page murdered famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Yeah. My first appearance on being the elite, they're like, say what you want, can you just say at the end, <laughs> didn't you kill famous dick or whatever? And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But that was the storyline in that world that led to your big return. Rest yeah. in penis. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, and that's all just, like, it's all just commitment to the character because like I said, there was no... Ma- Me and Hangman had... A year-long rivalry feud with no match. Mm-hmm. There was, there's been no match between me and Hangman, and people are still into it. You know, and it's just, it's like, it's a testament to being the lead, or you know, like the YouTube stuff, or 
you know, getting characters over on a di- in a different way. You Before know? I, I get into my opinion on this, I want to ask: Has anybody ever been able to counter? Do you, do you have a? Is, is there a name for the move? So when when I first did it, I got sponsored by YouPorn. Um, did you really? Yeah, they they so they call you up. They they called me up and they said, "Hey, we want to we want to sponsor you. We want you know we'll send you sh- swag, blah blah blah. You know, wear it out." And and, um, and they asked if I would name the move after them. So <laughs> so it was the YouPorn Plex for a while. But that uh, that that was that sponsorship the the deal the time period ended so now people just call it the dick flip or mm. dick move I guess uh, but yeah has it been countered the only person so far that has not been affected by it is my wife mm. because it makes sense that she is would, she a wrestler she is a wrestler what, what's her name uh, Laura James okay so it would <laughs> it would make sense and she was she's actually on being the elite as uh, Joey Ryan's hot ass wife okay. Um, that's her. That's her famous dick <laughs> wrestler. Right. Um, uh, so when I when I've wrestled with her before, she's unaffected by it, which makes sense. In, in of course, that she wouldn't be. Yeah. She wouldn't sell for my penis. <laughs> Let me say this. Okay, so there's a lot of controversy, but I use, the guy that pops to my mind right away is obviously Jim Cornette. Yeah, hates the concept. You guys are ruining the business. But to me, and I want, I want to get your opinion on a second, when you see it at first, it's ridiculous, it's funny, but also, like, it, you're committed to it. What is the difference between Mr. Socko and Scotty Too Heidi's The Worm and the Bushwhackers battering ram with the head? Stink face, too. Stink face. Took the stink face a number of times, and believe me, the last thing you would really do is sit there with your face in some guy's ass as he's rubbing it back and forth. And the dick flip. It's, it's, it's the part of wrestling, like, it's the same thing as going, you're killing wrestling because you hit the ropes and ran back. To me, there's if you did that in the middle of a, you know, Kenny Omega, Okada, 60-minute draw, no. Right. But in the context of what you're doing, how is that so much different from the stuff that George the Animal Steel was doing 35 years ago that everyone loves, of you know, biting the turnbuckle and, and licking you and Brian Knobs rubbing your yeah. face into his, 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 his uh, armpit. What do you think about that? Have you ever spoken to Cornette about it or people of that ilk? Uh, do you even bother caring what they think? I mean, it, it does sometimes because, you know, I, I know I know how hard I work, you know, and I know the schedule I keep and I know the effort I put into everything. So, you know, it it, it, it does it doesn't feel great when someone, you know. It bothers you. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if someone would have told me that when I started wrestling school, you know, that if I got really successful at this, I would, someone would call me a piece of shit on a daily basis. You know, like, probably respecting Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point, Jim yeah, Cornette. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I get it from him and, and a lot of other people. You know, it, it doesn't, once I figured out that, like, you know, it's just words on Twitter or whatever, like, Jim Cornette can't affect my bookings. He can't affect my pay. Nobody of any consequence really pays him mm-hmm. any mind in, in these days. He's not influencing any promotions. I kind of had just kind of have to let it slide and let him have his opinion. I don't need everyone to like it. I don't need everyone to be on board and buy Joey Ryan t-shirts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people have their own opinions of it, but, uh, you know, it just, it just kind of sucks because like, I think you could probably find a lot of hokey stuff that Jim Cornette did, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you know, I mean, I think, I, I, you know, because in this side of the coin too, and, and, I, I, and I, Jimmy's a good friend of mine. I'm just using him as an example, but anybody who thinks that way will also go and say, these guys do way too many high spots. They're going to kill somebody they're going to kill themselves. They're going to land on their head. They're jumping through tables and tags. Isn't this the easiest bump in the world? It's it's you know that's you know? another that's another thing too. Is I always you know I was is that what like, wrestling's all about to get the most out of the least? Uh, yeah, well, I mean definitely less is more, right? And save your yes. bumps and all that stuff. I mean you're taking a front flip bump. <laughs> yeah, 
and and, and it's not even it's not even required. You could do a somersault and you could do four <laughs> roll because the bump doesn't matter. You know that's, what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like it's 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 so easy, and you're getting it's like I said, Mr. Sacco is the best example. Has Mick ever? Mick, said, Mick took the flip. See, I, Mick would understand that yeah. times a million. Yeah, he pitched it to me by the way, which was mind blowing to what, me. What did he say? Um, I was wrestling in Ireland, and uh, you know, and he was he was a commissioner for the night or whatever. <laughs> And he was like, and I got there and the promoter was like, uh, hey, Mick's over in this room over here. Like he was like kind of in a separate room. So he wanted to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I've known him. I've met him a couple of times, you know, pre- previous to that. And, he, and I and I go in there and, and he's just like, so feel free to say no, but I have this idea. He's like, you know, I'm after your match is over, we'll have the heels come out and jump you and I'll come out and save. And I'll, you know, pull Mr. Sacco out and I'll Sacco this guy, Sacco this guy. And then I'll, you know, and then we'll bump into each other and we'll turn around and I'll think you're one of the heels and you'll, you'll, you'll think... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. You're getting attacked again, and I'll go to throw Mr. Sacco at you. But you jump, and I, and Mr. Sacco catches your dick, and blah blah blah. And then you fire up, and you fire up, and you flip. It's just right. It's the first bump he took after hip surgery too. So I'm like, am I gonna, am I gonna re-injure McFoley? Major but like, here, yeah. here's this millionaire Hall of Famer McFoley calling my dick spot to me, which is mind blowing. I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever you want to do, Mick, we're fine. You know, like. But see, you look for stuff like that. Like I remember I was in the Royal Rumble. I just remember this the other day with Jack Gallagher as a an umbrella. umbrella. I was like, you know, I'll beat you up, whatever. Then, then I'll go in like this and stick your umbrella between my legs and open it, and then like spin it around. Yeah. And it's the dumbest thing, but people love it. And it's like I want to do something with that umbrella. That umbrella needs to be used yeah. to inflict harm on me. Like anybody who gets the business would love that. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I'm probably the most old school wrestler there is because you know I'm my finisher's well protected. <laughs> you know, like I do nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm less. I'm all. I'm all shtick. Remember Santino when he did the Cobra? Yeah, yeah. Like he he did it so real. Yeah. That you know you take it and take yeah. a huge bump off it. Yeah, and, <sighs> he, yeah. and you know you he know? didn't. He, Santino didn't sell it like it was a gag. You know, no, because so like, that's the secret. Yeah. You know? What now? How far can it go? Because I know there was some contract. I think you stood up for when Priscilla Kelly did the thing with the with the bloody the tampon, which is a pretty gross thing, but she took it out and hit her opponent with it or stuffed it in her mouth or whatever. Uh, as as a gimmick, obviously not a right, real right. bloody tampon. But, I mean, there's a lot of controversy about that. You made a stand, made a comment about that, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't like... I mean, if, re- if wrestling's performance art, I don't like censoring any art, mm-hmm. you know. And she didn't, you know, she, they, they were wrestling, you know... In a bar. In a bar. It's not 20, a family environment. 21 and older crowd. Um, and, you know, like, if if there's an audience for it, because essentially we were, we're living in a kind of a make-believe world, right? And if there's an, if it finds an audience, then is it wrong? You know, like if people, if people want to buy, I think she released a shirt that says, I bleed for Priscilla Kelly. If she wants to, if she sells a bunch of those, then is it, is it over? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sometimes I do seminars and, you know, which I don't like doing because I don't, I feel like it's hard to tell somebody how to paint a picture. You know, you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. But I understand that there needs to be some sort of structure. But when I do seminars and I say like, hey, this is how you technically do a headlock or head, technically do a headlock takedown. But if you can do a shitty headlock and get it over where the crowd pops for you every time you do this shitty headlock that looks terrible, but the crowd comes up for it every time, then it works. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's whatever gets over. I, I feel like that in wrestling. Whatever get, get, gets over is the quote unquote right way to do something. How did you feel about that spot, Solo? Uh, I, I popped mm-hmm. huge. And, and my first thought was like, well, they they must have talked about it. Mm-hmm. That's not real, right? That looks so good. Mm-hmm. It was flawless. And I agree with Joey because 
just as much as someone like likes punk rock, you know, someone else likes classical. And there's so many different types of music that there are also that many types of wrestling. So we should all be able to look at that type of art. And there is an audience for that. And they should be able to get that art mm-hmm. put on stage for them. Yeah, because everyone's okay with it. <laughs> I think I think that that makes sense too, because because like if you're talking about some of those matches that you see, like the the garbage matches in Japan, etc., where you'd have guys breaking light bulb tubes over their heads and like getting stuck in real barbed wire. I mean, that's just as gross as as this scenario and far more dangerous, you know. So I, I think, like you said, you, you either going to censor it all or censor none of it. Censor the body slam or censor the you know. The Joey Janela bump from the top of the freaking yeah. school into the back of the pickup <laughs> truck covered in, you know, glass or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. And and I think, like, I think a lot of times people forget that, like, nobody forces you to watch any any specific wrestling. You know, like, nobody nobody puts a gun to anyone's head and says, you have to watch Joey Ryan matches if you, you know, if they're mm-hmm. not a fan of them. You know, there's a lot of choices. You don't have to watch my stuff, you know? So I feel like some people feel like because it's under the umbrella of professional wrestling that it that it's all... That that you have to be all for it or all against it, but there's there's really degrees of, you know, there's wrestling I don't like that I won't watch, or, you know, or or whatever, you know. There's just wrestling is such, I mean, it's cliche to say, but it's such a a, a carnival event. It's a circus, you know. There's um, there's the juggling act. There's the clowns. There's the lion tamer. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Right, right. Uh, you know, you can you, you don't have, you, maybe you don't like clowns, so you don't go watch the clowns. And you go watch something else. It was great. I had Ricky Steamboat on my show, and he was talking about when he had the Komodo dragon. He's like, I had a Komodo dragon. He had a snake. He had a bulldog. He had a bird. It was like a freaking zoo back there. Yeah. But that's all part of the show if that's what you're doing, you know? Yeah, like yeah. You, you just you want to – I think that as much – as many different um, views as you can give an audience, I think the more the, – the better the show is. Because I think it complements each other. You know, I can I can go – I'm on a show. I'm actually wrestling Priscilla Kelly in a in a show in Las Vegas in March. So that created kind of a ipso facto dream match. In right, life. right. And the main event of that show is Tom Lawler versus Josh Barnett, mm. which is the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are going to do a, you know a worked shoot that's going to look great and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be intense and it's going to be all it's going but it's going to be the complete opposite. But they we I think the matches complement each other because. If we tried to wrestle like them, which we couldn't probably, you know, we wouldn't be able to even come close to that style and making it look as good, it, then the show would just be the same. It'd be like everybody trying to do the that's same the match. the secret of a great show. Yeah. Is to have the diversity. I mean, even at the Tokyo Dome this year, when you have Kenny and Tanahashi, they're going to be doing balls out, false finish, amazing, you know, story. So me and Naito, what do I do? Let's do more of a violent street fight match. You have two great matches, but two separate styles. And that's what makes a good show. So they complement each other. Right. I'm th- I know the finish for your match already, dude. I'm gonna tell you this right now. She's gonna, uh, she, you're gonna coerce her to put her hand on the dick. She's then gonna pull out the tampon, stick it in your mouth as you got her in control, and it's gonna be a battle of the dick and the tampon, and you're gonna flip her over. That's what yeah. I think. I, think I win that. I think so. I win the. Uh, yeah. I, I usually like putting the girl over and well, then, then, yeah. then, then she. But you're the if you're agenting the match, we'll go. We'll, we'll, <laughs> then we'll, she Mr. Sockos you with the yeah, tampon, yeah. and you're down and out, man. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, that, those are all the the different styles, and and and. and when you mentioned before that that just to forget about what WWE thinks or whatever mainstream thinks and kind of do this your own way, and obviously you're working, like you mentioned, every weekend and doing all this great stuff, what is your end game? Continue doing this and try and build on what you're already doing, or do you want to go do more? Um, I, You know what? Once I, once I kind of gave up the WWE dream, um, 
I kind of stopped because that was like a goal I had. And then mm. I didn't hit that goal and I got real depressed about it. I kind of figured if I just, if I'm more open to ideas, if I don't set myself up for failure, if I don't say like, if I don't get here by a certain time, then I've, I've failed, then it's, it just makes it more, not only does it make it more unpredictable, my life of what's, what door could open next, but, um, it, you know, it, uh, it just, you know, it just creates this, like, uh, you know, anything, you know, anything's possible or anything, like any, any door I could, maybe I'll end up in WWE one day. Who knows? Maybe I'll go to AEW. Maybe I'll go to back to impact. Maybe who knows, you know, maybe I'll go to ring of honor and be a straight wrestler for who knows what tomorrow can hold. I've actually just, um, and at, at double or nothing weekend, we're going to do a screening of it. I just, uh, this camera crew, yeah. this camera crew followed me around for about a year. Um, and they actually got the McFoley stuff on there too. And it was like a documentary of Candace leaving to go to NXT and just my life as an independent wrestler and I travel and I, and I think it's, it gives people a real, it'll give people a real good insight about how just open I am with ideas and just how, you know, what, like I didn't go to that Ireland show expecting to do anything with McFoley, mm-hmm. but there was McFoley pitching it to me. And I think that this documentary really captures like, uh, uh, it's called This Is Wrestling, The Joey Ryan Story, which they wanted to call it, uh, Joey Ryan below the belt, but uh, I said no. We got to call it "This Is Wrestling" so we could piss off all the wrestling period. <laughs> but it's it's a real. It just it shows it shows just how uh, wild west I guess the independent wrestling scene is. And, and I watched it recently, and it's it, it's really good. And it's and the, the thing about it too is that you're watching it and and you're kind of forgetting that I'm doing stuff with my penis because you're just you're like in this world of wrestling. And they're oh by the way he he's doing all this stuff. With <laughs> so it came out really well. But I think. To your to your question and to your point, I think it shows a real good it's a real good view about how just anything's possible in independent wrestling, and I kind of love that vibe right now. That I don't know what you know. And the thing is, too, you did what you had to do, where you went and then it's it's my model. You reinvented, yeah, and now you made your name bigger than it's ever been. So you you are worth so much more to those other companies if you decide to go that route. You don't have to beg anybody for a gig anymore. Right, right. I don't have to. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm self-sustained, I right. guess. Yeah, and that's the world we live in now. It's such a good, good time for the boys and the girls. There's so many. To me, boys are all people yeah. in the business. Yeah. Just, you know? um, <laughs> I like that 2019. You have to clarify. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to discern it. We're all the boys. We're all, uh, it's, it's been that way. I mean, we're I call all the it, man, right? Yeah. But but to me, it's like you like we're we're, we're even for me. It was always WWE. I'm going to stay in WWE for the rest of my career. And then suddenly, all these new doors open from New Japan and AEW. Where it's weird not to be there. But it's not the be-all, end-all now and not in a bad way. It's like you can go so many places and make a good living and, and continue to build your, 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 your legacy and not have to worry about if I don't make it here or here or here, it's done for me. As you've proven and so many others have as well, it's just opening so many more doors. And it's, it's funny too because like people try to say call me the quote-unquote the dick guy as a derogatory thing. But like obviously obviously I, I'm playing up being famous dick wrestler on being the league. I like it because, you know, one day I'm not going to be able to wrestle, but I can do conventions. And if I have something that's n- notable towards me or some notoriety, like, oh, I remember that guy. He's the dick guy. Huh. Come it, come, it, pay for my autograph. In a world of... Here's $20 to grab my dick. You know, whatever whatever carny... <laughs> whatever it takes, Whatever brother. carny shtick I'm going to be doing in my 60s, you know. But if you're talking about 10,000 wrestlers in the world, and that's probably being pretty slight. There's probably... Let's say there's 30,000. The fact that you're known as this guy, yeah. that pulls you out of the pack. And I'll tell you what, dude, you'll be able to do that move at seven years old. <laughs> Hogan had to stop doing the leg drop at 50. You could do the dick flip till you're 70, man. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, last couple questions. A... What is your favorite match you've ever had? And B, what is your favorite dick flip that you ever gave? 
Ooh. Uh, and they might be one and the same. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, I guess time periods, if that counts, you know, earlier in my career, I did, I did an Ironman match, which was, which was with Super Dragon, actually, which, which was, I mean, I probably couldn't do an hour long match now mm-hmm. at 39, but I did it 24 and it's something that I'm proud of. Uh, I really, I wrestled Jamie Noble once when he had a short, short stint on the Indies back in like 2005. That really stands out James for me. James Gibson. James Gibson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was always uh, a guy that like I was a fan of. He's um, so good. Yeah. People forget that underrated. But uh, I guess in recent times, stuff with, you mean the Candace against the Young Bucks? People, uh, the, oh, wow. the guerrilla warfare match we had, the, it's the hardcore match we had at PWG. People still talk about that. Um, Candace got color, right? Candace got yeah. color. There was a big controversy over that too. You know, and it really established her, you know, as someone who was my friend or is my friend for so long. And then for her to like kind of niche her place in just being like, because that's when Candace is tougher than you popped up. Mm-hmm. And like she she really like established her, her her brand of not being afraid and not being, you know, being standing up to anyone. It was like a proud moment as a friend, too. And then the match, you know, obviously the Young Bucks are two of the greatest in the world. So and and friends of mine. So that that might be my favorite match of all time. If, favorite dick flip? Favorite dick flip. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Mick one's big. Um, I it, it, I think it's more, not necessarily the flip, but more like sometimes, like when I wrestled Billy Gunn and I had to explain it to him. Because Billy Gunn looks like <laughs> the guy, he could just tear it off if he wanted to, right? He looks at me guys go, this is stupid. Right, right. Or But he loves, you know, he, yeah. cause, but, he also, but he also gets it, yeah, you know, sure, he gets it. So like, Maybe, you know, it, not necessarily the 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 flipping action, but just me having to sit down and be I like, explain it to someone that that you that's probably maybe I'm sure Billy maybe had never seen it before. Yeah. So what do you what do you say? Hey, I'm Joey. I'm working tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just pull up my phone and be like, Hey, this is my move. Um, but uh, uh, no, you know, I just tell him like, Hey, I have this shtick where you know my penis is my weapon and blah blah blah. And, and I, I guess I can't really blow. I, this is let me dot a dot dotting or whatever the. The Seinfeld. We're doing a lot of Seinfeld references here. Um, you know, yada yada yada. That's what it is, right? Uh, yada yada yada. I'm gonna flip you with my penis. Yeah. Um, and the skip the. No, I was just. It's more of like a. Uh, uh, hey, like if you're cool, and it's always it's always me. Like, hey, if you're not cool with this, and but I, I'll say that to anyone. I'll be like, hey, you don't have to grab my my penis if, you, if you're not comfortable with it. We can work around it. <laughs> you know, I wrestled uh, Shayna Baszler, and uh, she, and who, speaking of Josh Barnett, that's her coach, and she was like, hey, you know. I, I'm fine with all that stuff, but Josh will get real mad at me if I do anything that makes wrestling look fake. <laughs> so we just planned a whole match where I kept trying to go for it, and she just kept countering it. You know, because you, you don't yeah. actually, you know, you go. As, long as, as long as I can tell the story of that's my move and yeah, that's what sure. I'm going for, it doesn't have to be. Hey, you don't always have to go f- get it. Right. You know, especially for someone like her with that type of a gimmick. Yeah. She's not going to fall for that. Right, you know I mean? right, right. You know, and it's easy with her because she's got all the submissions too. So anytime I grab her to go put her in it, she twists out of it and puts me in some submission, mm. you know. So it's... it's uh, Or just twist your dick. Right, right. <laughs> that, that, there's the real finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so you know, I always preface, especially with girls too. I say like, hey, if I call any... Because I do this uh, other thing where I... The boob plex where I essentially give a German German suplex to a girl by her boobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, if you're not cool with this, if you're not cool, these are things I do. Mm-hmm. Feel free. You're not going to hurt my feelings to say no to any of it because we can, you know, I can call for it and you can block. Some, some girls are like, I'm cool with it, but my boyfriend will give me give me shit if, right. if, if I let you grab my boobs. So that's fine. I'll go for it and have you grab my hands and counter out of it. Whatever. I'll, as long as I can call for it, people are like, oh, that's the move. You're that's working the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm sure when I explained it to Billy Gunn, I was like, hey, I do this thing. Don't feel free not to do it. 
You know, because he's got those big bear paws too. So oh, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking. I'm like, you could do some like damage. Nine feet tall. Too, you right? could, you could do some damage if you if you really wanted to. But luckily, he was he was really cool with it. And um, and your dick lived on. To, and my uh, dick lived on many more to today. Flip yeah. flip to this day. So big show tonight. Are you ready? Uh, solo land of the lost. Yeah, I'm really pumped. Actually. What's your favorite match you ever had? I actually just had a really fun one. Um, I'm tagging with a, a female known as Willow Nightingale, and we are the bird and the bee. And, uh, I like that. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. And, are you a bee? Are you the bee? I'm the bee. I'm a oh. little bit more waspy. Because you, you, you sting or what? I can, and I always go for the legs. <laughs> like, I'm going to sting you because I'm, right. I'm going to twist your legs up. There it's you go. so much fun. Um, and we like to pick people up and put them down. And we wrestled Kylie, um, who beat at AEW. Oh, and, Kylie Ray? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was tagging with Lainey Luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love when people are really pumped about an idea. And then they're also like, well, I don't know if you want to do this, but like I thought of it and you can see they're really excited and they're starting to get taller about it. Um, and they, they really wanted to start with a thumb war. And I was just like, let's just keep going with for our finishers. Like we all know each other. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to keep trying to do like what we, do, we call fight or flight, which is pump handle and a moonsault. And they do a super kick German. So we just kept doing that. And then the rest was just fun. And uh, we had such a great time and everyone was really excited about the thumb war that we took. The two gator rolled out. They went all around the ring over the guardrail with the thumb. It was pretty fun. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Didn't you just do a thumb war with Cody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, Is this we, the new thing now? I'm well, so I, I, I have a, I, uh, uh, I, I tore, well, I have micro tears in, uh, in my tendon in my chest where it connects to the shoulder. So when that happened, I'm in, so it's, it's healed now and I'm in physical therapy. So that's why I'm working again. But for a while, I couldn't work. So um, and Cody was and hurt Cody too. was hurt with his knee. So and we were both on, booked for this Australia tour, and you know half the Australia, get, you know, is meet and greets because they don't get to see us. So the Australian promoter was like, "Can you please still come even though you're injured and you know just cut a promo or something and do the meet and greets?" So Cody and I just came up with this idea. We're like, we do, you know, we would do. I think one night we did a thumb war. We did Rochambeau. Another night we did a staring contest. I think too, <laughs> just to kind of like. Just, What's Rochambeau? It's a uh, rock paper scissors. That's what it's called. Isn't that the real? I thought it was called rock paper scissors. <laughs> wow, called, the, I, the very it's, distinguished it's called, Joey Ryan. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called uh It's called Dwayne paper scissors. Uh, <laughs> Terrible. Can I can I change my favorite match answer to Joey Ryan versus Chris Jericho in 2020? Oh sure, I, dude. I'll tell you what. I'll take that dick flip like a mo a dick flip like a mofo. I'll tell you I, what, I, man. Mar- I get it. I, I uh, Mark tackle I, drop down <laughs> dip flick. Dip flip, it's, dick flip, one, two, three. It's, it, it was funny, too, because Mark Henry tweeted that he would take it. Too. I wrestled Mark Henry one time as a, uh, when I was a, an extra on SmackDown, and he's always been pretty cool to me. And somebody asked him about it on Twitter, and he said, I would take that thing's over. And I was like... Because the brothers get it. I'll yeah. tell you one last story before we go. When uh, Scotty was doing the, the worm, yeah. Visceral went, I ain't never taken that finish, man. I ain't never taken that finish. Next week, he took the finish. One, two, three. So there you go. And then... <laughs> Always say you'll take the finish and deal with it there. Thank you so much, uh, famous dick wrestler Joy Ryan. That's all right. Special guest, uh, Solo Darling. Thank you for having us. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good show tonight. Thank you. All right, thanks to Joey Ryan. August 1st at the American Legion Post in Baldwin Park, California, is the next bar wrestling event in Southern California. And Out Come the Wolves will feature Scott Steiner, Tommy Dreamer, Brian Cage, Taya Valkyrie, Luchasaurus. He's going to be a future Talk is Jericho guest. Jake Atlas, a bunch more. At Bar Wrestling on the Twitter has all ticket information. And Joey Ryan's documentary, This is Wrestling, the Joey Ryan Story, just screened at the San Diego Comic-Con yesterday. Joey's been screening it around the country. Follow him on the Twitter, at Joey Ryan Doc, to see where it's going to be next. And we know where Fozzie's going to be going next. You can go to FozzieRock.com, at FozzieRock on the Twitter for that. I know we're going to be uh, in Uncasville, Connecticut, with Nickelback August 22nd, 
and Atlantic City, New Jersey, August 24th with Nickelback once again. And Fozzie's Unleashed in the West tour starts this fall, opening for Iron Maiden in Los Angeles on September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium. Uh, we're also, uh, we booked a whole tour around it. September 5th is Denver, 6th Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Grand Junction, Colorado on the 7th. September 8th, Salt Lake City. The 11th is Crystal Bay, Nevada. 12th, San Francisco, California. 13th, Sacramento, California. 14th, Los Angeles with Iron Maiden, like I said. Vegas on the 15th. San Diego on the 18th. Tempe on the 19th. Tucson on the 20th. 21st is El Paso. 25th is Dallas. 26th is Houston. 27th, Hattiesburg. 28th is Atlanta, Georgia, the Masquerade. All dates uh, will be supported by Jared James Nichols and selected dates with Sons of Texas. Go to FozzyRock.com to find all gig and VIP information. You do not want to miss any of these shows or any of these VIP uh, uh, experiences if you are living in the area where we're going to be. You'll come meet us. We'll play a private set just for you. All right. Uh, we're also going to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. We are 93% sold out, less than 70 cabins left. You can see the progression here. You know this is no, no bum steer. We're going to be clean probably, I would say, by the end of the uh, middle of September, I'd say. So don't miss out. Get your tickets and cabins. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. All Elite Wrestling has announced today, as you saw, uh, the Young Bucks are going to be there, uh, as well as uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Hangman Adam Page, who I'll be facing at All Out August 31st in uh, in Chicago. He's, they're joining uh, Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and MJF. Uh, don't miss the auto on this, man. You know it's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and see AEW, Fozzie, Ric Flair, uh, Kickaxe, uh, 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 Brad Williams. Uh, this, the list is ridiculous. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Get all the information and join us for the vacation of a lifetime. And coming up on Wednesday, make sure you join us as we're going to have another really big shoe. Uh, well, this is actually crazy. Uh, pretty much uh, under the cover of, of night, uh, my secret informant uh, is telling us all about how UFOs are real. The U.S. government has pretty much admitted it via the uh, Washington Post. And uh, it's just a matter of time before they announce that aliens are real and living among us. This is true stuff straight from a government informant uh, who contacted me in a very secretive way. Uh, he's going to be here. SMQ is his name. I don't know his real name, but he's going to be talking about how UFOs are real. Uh, next week, uh, July 24th on Wednesday, you're not going to want to miss this. We will see you then. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you on uh, on Wednesday. Oh, yeah!